Welcome to the Edge of NFT podcast with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. We aim to bring you not only the top 1% of what's going on with NFTs today, but what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, but also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things that we love. This podcast is for the futurists and dreamers, the disruptors and creators, the fans and connectors, and the makers and doers that are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. And pumping his fist over there is Woo! Scott Page, our guest for pumped. today. Nice. I'm so pumped about this. I can't tell you, man. I love this. <laughs> First of all, this is the most exciting space to be in on the planet right now, especially if you're an artist or an entertainer or anybody that has content IP. This is like, hey, this is the gold rush. And it is a, like, I can't, which, like I was trying to say, I tell people, once you wrap your head around what it means to tokenize something and you realize what that does, everything changes because I don't walk around and go, oh, I can tokenize that. I can tokenize that. Everything's a token from my point of view. But anyway, I'm excited to be on your show. Thank you for having awesome. me. Awesome. Let me give an introduction for those who know you but don't know you because they will find out they do know you. Scott is a mm -hmm. musician, technologist, and entrepreneur. As a performer, he is widely recognized as the saxophonist and guitarist for Pink Floyd, Super Tramp, and Toto. Incredible. As an entrepreneur, Page formed Walt Tucker Productions, an audio video post-production company that included projects for, get ready, the Rolling Stones, Bon Jovi, Janet Jacksons, Garth Brooks, Scorpions, and others. He also co-founded Seventh Level Incorporated, an award-winning CD-ROM game and educational software company, among several other successful ventures. CD-ROM game, that just tells you how long he's been uh, advancing technology. Buddy. <laughs> uh, he, <laughs> he currently serves as CEO of Think EXP, a live immersive media company based in Los Angeles, doing some incredible things for live performances. So yeah, Scott, it's really great to have you here. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Like I said, I'm very excited about this topic and I'm happy to talk to anybody that wants to talk about this. So thank you very much for having me on your show. It's great to have you, man. And thinking about your roots with Pink Floyd, the last time we saw each other, which was the wisdom performance that you guys crushed doing Pink Floyd in a totally new augmented reality version. It's no surprise to me that we're having this conversation about the future of NFTs because you're right there on the front lines, man. Well, thank you very much. I've always been very interested in technology. You mentioned seventh level. People always ask me, you know, they think about me, Pink Floyd, all that. But actually, my greatest thing that I'm so proud of is I directed and produced the world's first interactive cartoon. So that was a kind of a big deal back in the day when, you know, everything was on DOS and Windows was there. And it was the first time that we, we basically wrote a, an engine that ran on top of Windows that allowed us to do all this crazy animation and stuff. And uh, that was fun time. And I got to tell you, that was like one of the most exciting times because that was when, you know, technology, Hollywood and Silicon Valley were coming together. And then we had that another great ride when the Internet happened, when we were going to Internet World in New York and everything was about the Internet. And it was this big blow up and you're seeing all those great pets.com going to the moon and all that period of time. And we had the big crash. And then I got to tell you, so those were all really exciting times. But this one now that's going on, I truly believe is the greatest time in history for the independent artist and anybody that's a creator, content, and people that need to control their rights. It's just amazing. So I'm buzzing. Like I said, we're going 24-7 right now in this space and having a blast. It's a lot of fun. 
So I have the privilege of seeing you almost every morning of the week. We have a little session we do every morning via Zoom. But yeah, you've been losing sleep, man. And not for negative reasons, because you're pushing it. And you're, if we're talking about the edge of NFT, I'm sure you're doing things on the edge of everything. If you're staying up late and working on things, I'm just curious, can you share? And we're not going to share everything. What is it about the project that is taking up all your time? Are you hurrying for well, a specific date? Is it a, con- a lot of content you're creating? What's going on? Yeah, it's a combination of all that, actually. Once I started seeing what's going on, I was starting to really reach out to start looking to find the right people to work with because what's happening right now is we're moving really this nfts and everything really has started to push us into a direct consumer model we've been seeing that for a while right and i've always believed and i've tried to tell artists it's the greatest time because you've got you know the, the cell phone came out we got the big three drivers bandwidth storage horsepower of all power band at one time you're basically carrying around a worldwide broadcaster in the palm of your hand you've got access to audience and the goal is, is if you own audience you win. That's the game. If you own the audience, you win. So I've saw all these direct-to-consumer things. I've been around the, the blockchain and experiment. That's how I met you, Josh, was looking in those spaces back quite a little while ago during the, all the ICO periods of time frame. But then I started like when 2017, when this whole idea, I think it was around 2017, the original, what was it CryptoPunks? I guess that was the original first kind of NFTs. Is that correct? I think that was right. But anyway, I started watching the space and thought it was very interesting. And, you know, at the time, everybody was going, ah, who's going to pay for a little piece of digital art, right? I mean, it's like goofy. Who's going to, a little pixelated thing, who would pay for that? And I thought it was funny that I read an article the other day. They were calling that the world's first crypto antique. Isn't that funny? So we have we have a digital antique now, man. The first digital antique is the crypto punks. But anyway, I saw this space and then kind of watched it. And then just in the last three, four months, as I was kind of watching, you know, I've been in the crypto space for a while, but kind of doing them. As you started these things, I started taking a much deeper look into it. My mind was just blown when I truly gasped the concept of tokenization and how that's going to basically change everything we do. So um, I've been really focused on that. And I ended up looking for some folks and I I actually uh, connected up with a business partner who happens to be sitting back here or over there, wherever he went, that had built something that was really significant to what I think is really so important to this entire change now in the marketplace. So his name is Jared. He goes by Blazar. He's an artist, but he's also a master marketer. And they've actually built this entire marketing system, this whole AI system that allows you to basically really target and market and blow up things. And so the, the concept is, is if you, you know, all of this stuff, everybody's building platforms and people are putting stuff out there. But at the end of the day, you got to have good stuff with a great story and you have to be able to get the word out there in some way. So we realized that was a major hole in this marketplace because I'm seeing tons of people putting stuff up but how do you get people to buy it, right? I mean, how do they know about it? So we basically start putting this business together. And what we're doing right now is we basically put his piece together along with what I'm doing with Think Experience. I've been launching a live show, which we're going to launch in July. It's called Livin.Live. And Livin is just what we want to do. We all want to get back to Livin. And that's L-I-V-N.Live. And it's based on three things. It's based on a live show. It's based on a two-way stream but it's really focused on the real-time two-way and how do we bring fans from a virtual space into the actual show. We're working on some ideas. I actually put a couple patents in that space. But the third thing we added to it was delivery service. 
So I can now have my show on a Friday night and I can have stuff delivered to your house so we can have an interactive experience. So it was combining all that. So I was working through all of that at the time. And then as this NFT stuff started coming on and I started really realizing I'm basically one of the things is building this whole model into our live shows. So we're, we're building our whole show is going to be NFT. Every piece of it is built this way. And we're getting ready to launch that coming up in July. But prior to that, what I'm excited about is we basically are now getting ready to launch about a dozen auction sites right now that we're putting in place at this very moment. And I've been gathering up all these stars and celebrities. And one of our big projects we're doing is we're getting ready to go build a music school in Watts called the Watts Conservatory of Music. And we're going to do it with NFTs. So I've been pulling all these people together. And I can just tell you one of the things that we're going to be auctioning off, which is going to be part of this where proceeds are going to go, is we're actually going to be auctioning off Eddie Van Halen's Ferrari. Man, I thought you were going to say your mullet, brother. No, that I already sold. I gave that away to Locks of Love. I don't have that mullet anymore, man. It's gone, right? What happened? Yeah, I can't do this anymore, right? Doesn't do that anymore. So that's one of the pieces along with a whole bunch of celebrities. Leland Scalar, I don't know if you know Leland, is probably the most recorded bass player in history. He's on 26,000 songs, believe it or not. Man, that's a lot of records. You talked about, you said Eddie Van Halen's Ferrari, right? That was what you said? Yep. And so... Is that also going to be minted as an NFT? Is that what's going on? So we are. We're building a whole NFT piece around the car. The car is also going to be part of the auction. And then we have a whole series of things that will be part of that edition. So we'll auction off the car, but then we'll have some uh, limited edition on the content that we're basically building around the NFT around that car, which is kind of unique. Right. And that brings up one of the things I think that people are talking about a lot with NFTs and what they offer, you can now have this very clear record of who owned that thing over time, right? And so, you know, somebody could buy the NFT for that Ferrari, and then they could sell that Ferrari and the NFT a few years later along with it. But then you can go back and tell the story of, oh, people do that even nowadays, right? Oh, you know who lived in this house a hundred years ago? This was uh, Mies van der Rohe's own house or whatever it is, right? And so it, it sounds like a project like that's going to be be interesting now, taking these collectibles and really drilling down into the ownership history of them. Yeah. And it also sounds like you're doing add-ons as well. It's not just the car yeah. and the NFT. Oh yeah, no. that's So what's, what you were just talking about is chain of title. That's one of the great things about the blockchain, right, is managing chain of title. And then my thing is, my deal is, and why I got all into this is, I've been a collector for all these years, 40, 50 years through all my year tours on the road with all with all these bands. And I got 150 hours of Pink Floyd video and mounds and mounds of memorabilia and things that I've collected for my stuff. So I'm getting ready to launch my entire 50 year collection of stuff as NFTs out on the marketplace. And I'm bringing in a whole bunch of other artists uh, like Leland, who I don't, if you look at his stuff, his is, he's actually got 6,500 square foot house of solid collectibles and things that he's collected through his entire life. It's an amazing thing. And one of the things that he's done is he's got a book that he just put out, which is called Everybody Loves Me. And what it is, is for the last 12 years, he's gotten everybody to flip them off, right? From, and what I mean by nice. everybody, I'm talking about this book that he just put out. It's it's only half of the people. He had 11,000 photos. He's got 6,000 in this book. And it is the coolest book, man. You can go in there. But it's everybody from, you know, Slash to Gwyneth Paltrow 
to Eddie Van Halen, George Lucas, freaking Spielberg. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's just like the who's who of everybody rock and roll, the Rolling Stones, Willie Nelson, the massive. So we're getting ready to launch a series of trading cards of all these incredible photographs of people flipping him off. And it's really cool because I think people are going to want to collect it, right? They're going to want to have that Rolling Stone, you know, Keith Richards card, right? Which would be great. And it's like, you know, he's flipping them off. So it's kind of funny. And they're all very interesting. So we're going to be releasing that along with so, the Keith for his boat. So you mentioned a lot of cool collectibles. I'm curious, are you going to be integrating sort of metaverse components where you get into some physical merchandise perks for some folks as well, or is everything going to be strictly digital? How are you going to integrate those two worlds together? Yeah, definitely. So a couple examples is right now, one of the ones that I'm going to be releasing is I played the Moscow Music Peace Festival, and that was with Bon Jovi, Cinderella, Scorpions, Ozzy Osbourne. It was a big time, the first time, big MTV thing brought over the U.S. and the Moscow. We did this thing, this massive event. One of the things that was designed by uh, the stage design was Peter Max. So he designed the whole stage. And so I was falling around with Peter and I brought, I shot, I shoot everywhere. Documentary is one of the things I've always wanted to do in my life. So I've been shooting all my life, you know, black and white photography and video as long as it's been around for everything that I've done. And so I happened to shoot that and I had Peter actually sat there and drew me out, showed me what the stage was. And he actually drew me the drawing, right? Of the actual stage of that event. So what I'm doing is, is I'm turning that into an NFT and the first person will actually get that. The one, number one, I will ship that particular piece of art with it. But I put together a very interesting video because I've got him drawing the drawing. So you watch him draw the drawing and talk about it. So it's kind of nice. So it's, it's a physical piece will also go along with the the digital piece that will go along with that so that's one of the pieces that i'm going to be tying to it and obviously I've been, I've been looking into a lot of different ways to um how do you tie the two a physical asset to it and there's varieties of ways you can do that obviously if you have videos of the person actually showing the device and doing that that's one way of authenticity and then there's organizations do it but also you can put ID tags into these things and the digital ID tags that you can actually do across that way also. Are you guys actually building the the platform upon which you're going to be offering these NFTs? We have actually completely we licensed and got in early on a whole platform that is rocking. And so we're we're up and running because I, I felt that it was important to, less than getting into building. You know, I've been a technologist building platforms for years. I just said, dude, if we can find something where we can get going, because I think more importantly right now is to get to market and get as many things out there and kind of take a lead in the space. So we've got a really great platform that is all integrated in and it's a beautiful thing. And so we're launching, like I said, storefronts. We can launch these things in a few minutes, basically, and theme them up. And, you know, we've got about a dozen that we're getting ready to launch here coming up in the probably next, you know. Uh, two to six weeks so yeah it's amazing yeah we've talked about like platforms like wax and yep. talked about super rare and things mm -hmm. like this so it's a it's a platform like that right you're saying that's that's in existence yeah 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 and yeah. is and is already yeah. already up and running or is it like a partner that's starting a yes okay, all running oh yeah 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 oh absolutely everything's running What's the token economy that you're going to be using? Yeah, it's ether it's ether and you know we'll look into more of that as we go but that's going to run on ether right now well 
We're certainly looking forward to Uniswap version 3.0 and some reduced gas prices soon, you know? Yeah. What was nice when we launched, when we launched, when we got the license, we got the gas prices taken out with the initial licensing fee, which was nice. Super nice. Well, I want to back up a second because, and we're talking Mm -hmm. about a lot of collectibles and Mm -hmm. access to some amazing things that we know people are going to be very interested in. But you also talked about the immersive experiential side. And I'm curious, were you specifically referencing uh, like musical experiences, like concerts and that interaction or other experiences beyond that? I realized a long, it's already been a long time. You can't sell music anymore. There's no place to sell music. That's a, that's a dead art. That music is now more of a marketing tool unless you're licensing it for films and stuff. And yeah, you can make some money on Spotify if you've got the right people being able to drive the traffic there. And if you've got enough traffic, you got to get at least a couple, two, three million streams a month to really make any money because it pays around you know a million streams around four thousand dollars roughly so you know to get a little eight to ten thousand dollars you got to be doing a couple million streams a, a month the problem with that is is for most artists there's only like a tiny percentage that can even reach a million streams you know by things it's like well, i don't know what the number is it like 80 or 90 percent don't even reach a million stream 95 percent so it's a it's a rough business unless you obviously you know the game and the publishing and everything and i can actually say jared and his business and how we've come together he does really well on spotify but he knows that they have the engine to build audience because if you don't have audience it doesn't do you any good. So I realized that. So I said, well, what can you sell? As an artist, there's a couple of things. You can sell the relationship, right? That's always cool. And the second thing is an experience. So what is that experience? So being a technologist for so many years and building platforms and all the things that we've done, I realized that people will pay for an experience. So an example, we did those 365, 60-degree dome shows. So we, we did 40 of those, and I think we pretty much sold them all out. It was an experience. You come to the show, you get to lay down, you do stuff. I was getting ready to just before the the COVID thing, we were getting ready to experiment with a company that has these shoes you put on that turn you into a speaker, right? So the idea was combining a live show with an experience. So we were experimenting with a lot of different technology, bringing AR into this. We were in the midst of building a big show, Cirque du Soleil style show that we were going to launch in a 1600 seat, uh, an immersive theater at the Queen Mary that we were putting up. We had it up at the uh, Pasadena Rose Bowl for a short stint, uh, but then COVID knocked us out. To your point that it's all about the experience, my girlfriend went to that show four times and she would have kept going if if it was still running. And uh, she hates the cold. And we even went to the show on like a brutally cold day in LA, which for those of you that are not LA, we're talking like 40 degrees. Ooh, and uh, Brutally and she, cold. Yeah, brutally cold. And a lot of people went multiple times to because of the experience. What are you going to do next, Scott, with bringing NFTs into the, the experience? What does that look like? Paint a picture for us. Okay, well, I can, I'll tell you one thing we're doing. So the live-in show is three components. The live show is, uh, we have a pre-show, and that's wine tasting, hanging out. And I've got a whole series of artists. I used to do a thing with Tommy Chong from uh, Cheech and Chong. We used to play the Roosevelt Hotel where we would bring painters in and we do painters and players. So we're bringing a lot of artists to create while we're doing our shows so that we can take those objects, clips from that show. We're designing specific things that can be done. The entire thing will be an NFT because you want to cement that ownership at that point then you're kind of licensing out your stuff from that point on and then the the venue we're in is 
without a doubt, the most state-of-the-art event I've ever seen. It's in a place that's called Laurel Canyon Live. So we're going to be doing Living at Laurel Canyon Live. And it's inside of a mansion that has been turned into the most, like I said, state-of-the-art production facility. It's all run by game engines. It's all Atmos 3D sound. The entire place is wired in fiber. It's got color correction rooms. It's got editing bays. It's got audio. I mean, it's the thing's great outdoors by the pool. It's got bars, with stages. It's all lit. It's like ready to go. So we're going to be creating our show, which is a combination of think of it like Saturday Night Live meets Playboy After Dark meets a Tupperware party. And if that makes any sense, because again, we ship out the boxes, people that aren't there, you can bring your fans, the people that come to the show get to bring their friends that paid for the ticket, they get to come and be part of the show, but brought in virtually. So we've really experimented, have been really experimenting with how do I bring fans in from a virtual space and include them into a live environment. So it's really a combination of all of those things to make an experience and everything will be token. Uh, we're going to build a token for ourselves eventually because it's really Chuck E. Cheese, right? This is Chuck E. Cheese, especially when you get into the whole uh, Niftify, right? When you start getting into the DeFi world, start thinking about how you can start tokenizing things and building new models. So it sounds like uh, a good bit of what you're doing with NFTs is sort of allowing people to take away a memory from the event like a segment or a piece of art or, you know, I was there and I have this NFT, right? One of a kinds, one of a kinds for sure. Create moments. I mean, you look at Top Shot, right? They're, they're capturing basketball shots. Well, that can be a musical moment. And especially if you start thinking about the gamification capabilities. I'm just trying to think what like musical moments, right? Musical moments sure. that are treasured as pieces of history. Jimi Hendrix, right? At Woodstock playing the national anthem. Bob Dylan going electric and the video footage of things like that. It's interesting to start to think about what are going to be these classic moments in the future of musical history that people are going to want to kind of take ownership of. Yeah, people realize that what's happening is we're moving from the physical world into the digital world. So all this physical stuff is now going to get to be brought into a, a digital space, right? And so because people are going to have, it's like, you know, they're putting big displays on their walls. You know, you're now seeing NFT art exhibits. Well, you know, you've got Decentraland where many people are going to be setting up their virtual spaces and they're going to want to show their collections. And you can think about it years down the line. You, know, you take a great designer that's designed houses with all this stuff where you, you want to have those collectibles. If somebody's got a great collection, wouldn't it be great to say, oh, I've got the Suwon collection, right? I've got all this stuff and I can outfit my virtual space or I can put it up. I think you're going to see so much of that, especially since man is designing itself out and the machines are going to take over. The machines are going to need to have somebody to, they're going to want to remember what the people were doing when they were around, right? Listen to stuff people made this. There you go. So, uh, Scott, you're, you're throwing everything <laughs> together, man. You're not letting um, anything uh, not be on the table. So I guess programmable NFTs, NFTs that change over time. What are your thoughts there? Absolutely, man. Are you kidding? Gamifying everything. I, I, my company, Seventh Level, where we did the uh, cartoon, we built games. So I'm come out of the game world. So gamifying everything. I mean, that's what's exciting about an NFT that I can bury things inside that. 
that can be very interesting, right? So there can be whole experiences that are tied to this and, you know, ones that change over time. I mean, we're dealing with programming and stuff. So I think that that's going to be a very, very interesting thing that's going to happen. And, you know, one of the things I also wanted to bring, bring up, because I realized this before we, as artists, we always care about people pirating, right? Now, once I own my IP, every time this thing gets pirated and they're making my thing more famous, that thing goes up in value, right? So now piracies, please steal my media so that you can take the things that I own that are really worth the money and help drive it up. Get the songs out there, go to town. I don't care because the piece that I own is going to have much more value. So is there an opportunity for folks to buy a lifetime pass to your shows via NFT where the NF certain NFTs unlock more privileges than other NFTs? There's no question. There's no question that is stuff that we would think about and actually be putting in. Obviously, not doing it all at one time. We got enough, but yeah, absolutely. There's no question. No question. This is a massive vision. Like, what kind of team are you putting together to make this all happen? This guy, come over here. <laughs> Let me bring Jared in here because Jared is is my Jared right here. Hey, Jared. Hi, hi, Dean. <laughs> like I said, I was looking for, because I know the biggest issue with all this stuff, everything is how do you market this stuff? How do you get it out there? What do you do? Well, through a friend of mine, he called me up and he started talking about the NFTs and I told him I'm looking to try to build this stuff, but you know, putting it out there without how do you get it out there to get people to know about it. And then he told me about Jared and we hit it off. But Jared is, uh, he is probably the most savvy in this space that I've seen because he realizes the new business model is direct to consumer and the artist needs to own all of their stuff. It's really just about how do you get the messaging out there in the right way? Once you, so his company, Cosmic Wire, is really, I think, what's going to make this and separates what we're doing from everybody. Because I guarantee you, there's nobody has what we have right now. And so why don't you tell them a little bit about so, Cosmic Wire? Hi. Hi, guys. So uh, my name is Jared. I'm professionally go by Blazar. I'm an artist producer on anti-fragile music. We're through uh, Universal and InGrooves. And on top of all that, I've been doing that for about a decade. I've also been working behind the scenes for labels as kind of a quarterback marketing strategist for, for many, many years. I'm also a known ghostwriter. So I've kind of had my fingers in all of it. But I really kind of excelled at TV, film, and sync and publishing. And so when I saw this NFT stuff, you know, instantly just felt this is just publishing in the most fundamental value because, you know, typically like when you would do a song like dun, 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 or like Beethoven's Fifth or something like that, you would have to have a piece of music or, or a disc, right? And that's kind of the tokenization of this intellectual property. So what we're doing now is going straight to the source. So uh, for me, this just kind of flips the whole model and brings, you know, the, the content and the authorship back to the artist, which is something I'm very passionate about being an artist and creator myself. I assemble Cosmic Wire with kind of all of the uh, marketing ninjas that I've been working with for the last decade. And I'm also an old school kind of coder from Silicon Valley in the early 2000s. So I called some of my old buddies from back then and kind of put together this whole company. So what we did is uh, we kind of like coupled off of like the pixel technology that Facebook's using with some artificial intelligence and message bot stuff and our own internalized network that has an access of over 500 million users. We're able to basically plant SEO and then hammer it through our advertising mechanism to literally drive, you know, the internet towards basically anything that we're trying to do. And so for me, this whole model is very much about like bringing the listener or the fan into that like next layer there through the looking glass that much closer to the artist, which is what everyone wants anyways, right? I mean, I think a lot of people are still caught up in this transactional part of NFTs where it's like you 
pay some money and you get a goofy gift or you get a little painting or something. And for me, this whole thing's always been so much bigger than that. It feels at the heart, you know, it's like an authorship kind of licensing derivative works royalty based system. But even further than that, we're selling experiences and we're giving these one of a kind, unique experiences that only people like Scott have had. I mean, no one was in Pink Floyd except for Pink Floyd, right? But we're all Pink Floyd fans. And now Scott's kind of like letting us into his life in this very new and novel way. So we can create these one of a kind packages for these fans that they can only get through us and through these experiences that we're doing and the whole live-in experience, the whole live-in concert, you know, is this massive kind of fan enmeshment where there's lots of like geo, you know, fenced drops and things that we're doing that are just novel to the experience. And like everything inside of the experience is going to be tokenized. So like you can go to the concert, you can go to the green room party afterwards. You can, you know, buy whatever kind of NFTs we do from those events. You can be part of the show and that can become an NFT that you can bring your friends along with all this kind of two-way streaming stuff that he's created. We're turning that into kind of NFT experiences. So it, it really just builds a community and, and cosmic wiring in fundamental form was, was about creating our own ecosystem for people to kind of enmesh themselves in, in, in a real organic fan one-to-one relationship. Wow. We're, we're like trying to unpack it all, right? It's just like a waterfall of... Yeah, you don't mind. I think we have about a hundred questions. We're just going to fire off now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, seriously though. The- I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to get mine in before it gets forgotten. Geofence to drop. I right. think that sounds very interesting. I think maybe I wouldn't have been thinking about geofencing till maybe a few months ago when I first heard people throwing around the idea. So can you just like just give a little drive just a little bit deeper into like what would a geofence to drop look like? So basically, this is just kind of another extension of this fan immersion. It's right. Like if you go to our shows and you show up at the show. We're going to create these geofence drops, which will just come through like a push notification into your system. And that is a whole NFT box of experience that you get just for coming and being part of the experience, right? And that has value by itself. And those are limited. And those are limited to that person that got it. And that's locked in the blockchain. It creates this whole kind of not only vertical value, but, but horizontal value for people to start trading across with their NFTs and kind of engaging in these things further. So all of our stuff is going to have this kind of geofenced incentives right to like come be a part and come play in our sandbox because that's what we want people to do is kind of come into our world and, and just dive into it and we're going to create all of these kinds of one of the kind of experiences that you can only get through cosmic wire and so am i right in just kind of extrapolating like i might have like a metamask wallet on my phone or something like that and then you know i'll get a little notification and it'll say when you say geofenced, I guess there's two realms. It could be the entire arena that we're in, or it could be even, oh, the people in the, you could say, oh, the people in the wayback seats are giving you a special drop, right? Because you're so far back there. Special seats, the nosebleed people. If you went over to the bathroom, maybe you get something, you bought a special hot dog, like whatever the thing is, there's all these kinds of different things we're going to hide to just create a better experience. And that's exactly it, right? You just get your MetaMask wallet, you put it on your phone, you get the push notification, it's in your wallet, and you just have that thing because you were there at that time. And there's all kinds of different ways, like scavenger hunts, like little games across the country, ways to gamify this whole thing. Because Chuck E. Cheese, like he was talking about, was the model that struck me just, that's what this is. We're creating Chuck E. Cheese on like for adults on a global level. It's like you bring your money, you trade it for the coins, you trade your coins for goofy shit on the wall, right? Only now we're not going to trade for the goofy shit on the wall. We're doing really cool things that you can only get from these legends who have lived these amazing lives and they're going to let you in. So do you... Do you bribe the virtual bouncer to get behind behind uh, stage and, and backstage? <laughs> what does that bouncer need to, to get a backstage pass? And then what's that backstage pass experience look like virtually? 
a Bitcoin or two in your system. It's just a Bitcoin. We, we charge one Bitcoin for bribe. So. Josh, I'm sorry you said that out loud. I feel like you should have patented uh, bribing the virtual bouncer. I feel like that's maybe has some patentability. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So when can we experience this for the first time? Yeah, so we're launching, we're rolling out actually like today. We, we just started kind of putting the press out about this whole thing. This is kind of the first interview that we're doing about this. And this is going all through August is when we hope to launch, you know, the first living experience. We're going to be launching lots of stores and there's a large charity component. We're bringing in this large collaborative force of all these legends of music to do something that's never been seen. Are we going to talk about the, the charity stuff? Yeah, we have to go. Yeah. So like we're kind of doing all these stores and then this is kind of the cool thing that we're trying to do because I feel like the biggest problem with NFTs right now is the educational component, right? People are like, well, where's the real money? Why am I buying this thing that has no value? Like there's just kind of this disconnect because we've been in such a tangible society and people don't understand IP unless you've like lived in publishing. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to bring all these legends together and, and create these collaborative one-of-a-kind pieces, NFTs. And we're going to record that whole process, make that an NFT. And with that, we're going to go build this music school in Watts. <clears throat> you want to go ahead and talk about that a little bit? Um, yeah. So we have actually, we have one, one of our NFTs is, uh, I don't know if you remember back in, uh, boy, about 20 years ago, there was a thing called the Community of Angels, which was, they, if you've seen those big angels around town, they were all over all over LA and people got them and you painted. Well, I, I happen to have done one of those. I sponsored one and had it painted up at Universal City Walk. It's a whole piece and it's actually sitting in my living room. It's about eight feet tall. But one of the things I did is I've got, I, through that period, I got a whole bunch of these little two foot ones, a half a dozen of them or so. And so we're now taking those and we're creating, we're bringing great painters together with artists and we're building these cool little, little things. And then all the artists that are coming on to our network are basically carving off a chunk their money to go into the let me help organization so that we can use that to go out after a lot of different charities so it's really kind of pulling all those together so we got a whole campaign that's going to be going on with this right and the idea being that we can take something intangible like an nft and do something brick and mortar like we're going to build a school with nfts with these cool people and these angels are going to be one of a kind like if if like he put like a sax read on it or something, right? Right on. That's amazing, guys. So it's really exciting. So basically the rollout here is we're going to do some stores, like individual stores like Scott and then the other legends that we brought on. And then we're going to roll them into this kind of collaborative angel campaign. And the, and the idea being that we've all had a terrible year. The entire world has had a terrible year. So this is kind of like injecting some positive you know, coming together in this new way, because I think we all realize that that as we move forward, it's not going to be exactly like it was before, right? The world's fundamentally changed. And so this way that we're bringing everyone together, networking, this kind of new enmeshed existence is, is what this is. So we're going to do this angel campaign that leads right into the living experience. So we can just walk people through this and kind of slow walk them into this. You know, you're buying some hybrid kind of physical stuff. Then we're getting into full NFT stuff and showing you these experiences. And then we're going to bring the experience to your house. And part of the living thing is this kind of enmeshing physical with the virtual, right? So like Scott's came up with this great idea to like get a gift box delivered to your house. And so we're doing wine tastings with the people at the show or you get a, you plug a little USB drive and it does like the laser light show from Pink Floyd while you're watching the Pink Floyd concert, right? It's just this full kind of augmented reality, right? I mean, that's kind of what, what this is. That's amazing. So we're talking about the mix of physical and digital with the, the NFTs and the project. Does that mean the school itself is semi-virtual? Can a kid from South America or Africa join the school too and participate in some of the educational opportunities? 
I'm sure that's going to be the case right out of the gate. It's really uh, flea is really animate about getting it down to the community level and really making it happen there. So we're kind of focusing on that area, but there's no question. Look, everything's going to be the way we communicate and hang out is totally different now. And I mean, it's so interesting. I catch myself. I'm out watering the yard. I got four of my friends on my freaking FaceTime. One of them's cooking. The other one's hanging and we're just hanging. Right. So that's now becoming sort of like being together. Right. You feel like you're almost there. So there's no question, you know, marrying the physical and the virtual space together is kind of what we're all about. We always say uh, a virtual plus virtual equals physical <laughs> in our living thing because we're trying to pull all those things together. How do you how do you create this experience between the screen and the people there? Yeah, I think we've all had enough Zoom meetings. We're ready for something more, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away because you can see, you can imagine. I get to go to the show, and the show only has a hundred people, right? But in my ticket. I get, oh, I get to bring four more people with me virtually. So I get to, those four people get to come and be part of the experience at the live show. And how we bring them into the show is really cool. But I'm going to tell you about that yet, because that's, that's part of our secret sauce we're going to let out later on. But it's mind-blowing because we tested it. It all works really good. It makes the experience for the people that are not there love it because of how it all works. And, you know, we've actually been, we've filed two patents now in some areas in this space. And now with NFTs, dude, this is like going to be the heyday. This is like, like I said, this is the most exciting time I've, I've seen in entertainment that's flipped the switch, flipped the whole narrative around. So now the artists, the content holders, the people can control everything. And, and one other thing, people don't realize young bands, this is great for them because everybody says, oh, you got to have audience. You got to have that. But if you think about it, if I'm a new band, I would tell any artist, hey, if you're going to go do an EP, figure out how you cut some great art that goes along with each of the songs, some interesting thing, partner up with somebody that's got some name, put that record out. Even if you were only to get $20 for it, it's now because it's been tokenized, it's got value, right? And mm -hmm. now what happens if that artist, if I'm, I love this artist, and that artist becomes you too, the thing that I just bought goes through the roof, right? It starts, so there's value. We just had a story on our episode with Vesa, who is collaborating with Shisha Finance. He talked about a situation where he, he said with his weakest hand ever, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, he let go of a piece of art for basically $230, but it was an NFT and it was resold, you know, a year later or, or so uh, for 10 times that. And then he got a commission on that. Right. And so it's, it's exactly what you're talking about. It doesn't really matter what's happening at any given point in history. The future always now has more potential for you. There's always yeah. that. And on your, uh, just a little piggyback on the name of your company, Anti-Fragile, right? Is that what you said? Oh, that's the label that I'm under, yeah. But our company is Cosmic Fire, right? Yeah, that's the uh, Nicholas Talib philosophy, right? It's like all the... That's exactly where it comes from. These small yeah. investments that could have a potential big payout, why not make that investment? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. the big model, I mean, the model is right now is you want to get as much stuff out there and have own a chunk of these things, as many as you can be a piece of, because they're going to be in the marketplace. And the beauty is the blockchain manages the rights, right? It's a beautiful thing. We don't. I don't need to go to the label or I don't have to go to the publisher to say, where's my check? I'm not going to rights services trying to figure it out. As soon as it's sold, I, -chink, I get my... Payment, right? That's I mean, it really does flip the entire record industry or just the entertainment industry upside down, right? It's like every artist now should be NFTing their material because then the labels are going to be licensing from the artists. 
right? Is he just flips the entire thing around. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to teach everyone to do. It's like every, it's just about content creation and controlling your content and being in power because now we don't have to go through all the fat. Like there's no middleman anymore. It's just a one-to-one relationship with the artist to their fans. And then if label wants to come in or a publisher wants to come in, they actually have to work with the artist, right? Because they have to work out some kind of deal that the artist agrees to. It's not this other way around because we can scale this stuff indefinitely now. That's, that's what, the internet's done. That's what NFTs are. We can go straight to the people. If you know how to market and you know how to put the stuff in front of people, that's all that it takes. Yeah. And that's why his system is so important. I mean, they're running 1100 campaigns on it right now. So this is a proven true freaking smoking system that with what we're talking about just makes it crazy cool. Right? It's just the tip of the iceberg, right? It's crazy. So yeah. would you guys say you think that there's a place for NFTs and crypto in the future? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know you guys are so long. Great question. Wait, what's crypto? So long, this stuff, right? <laughs> really appreciate uh, all the insights. This is amazing stuff. Guys, do you think we're ready for, for the edge quick hitters? What do you think? I, I think so, but we got to get these guys back on the show in a month or two when this is in action and hear how it's going because I just feel like they're going to have 10 more adaptations of this concept by that point. You guys are living on the edge of NFT right along with us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, buddy. No question. I mean, that's what's so fun about this is that we're getting to invent it as we go. I mean, I, there's so many crazy ideas. I mean, I'm, well, God, I could get into the whole thing I'm doing with all the game titles that I have from seventh level. I mean, there's a whole, a whole new model that can start happening around classic games and things when you can start rebuilding art around those things right so remember it's all about creating value and creating a, a marketplace for it and there's you know there's so many niches and now that we can go find those niches we can actually really find the audience which allows you then to bring down your ad cost once you can identify who they are there's just so many ways to to leverage this now but it really does take i mean at the end of the day this new game you got to have automation in place and you got to be able to scale and that's what i love about us our, our system everything we have in place can scale like crazy it's like really fast boom 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 so we're hoping to just come out really hard here and when we tell you some of the other exciting people and things and, and some of the products that we have or the pieces we have it's going to be crazy. It is, it is a completely different system. Like we, we obviously live in the NFT space. We live on Clubhouse. We go to all the meetings, go to the metal meetings on Saturday and listen to all the, you know, like we're, we're in it and no one is doing what we're doing. And, and that's why we've attracted literally the biggest IPs in all of entertainment. When we launch these names, like, like that is the biggest. I mean, if you can think of the top five, like that's what we're talking about. And, and everyone's excited because this is just a different way of doing it. Like it's not transactional, right? It's an experience. It's this kind of like life-changing thing. It's bringing the people into your world in a different way. Yeah. And the way we price this out is so much cheaper than anybody else. So you own all your stuff, you come in, right. we just do a straight 70-30 uh, split. They get the 70, we take the 30, we handle everything from that point on. And I've had at least a half a dozen guys come to me because of my Floyd collection and all that stuff. And they're all coming in, oh, 50%. And then I'm going, what about the marketing? And like, oh, okay, we'll do some marketing. But I'm like, what is the, that? For me, it didn't work because I'm launching a business around 
living and all these different guys and everything we're bringing together. So to do a 50, 50 split just didn't make any sense. And that's when we hit up, we say, dude, we don't need that. We can just, we can cut it down, be better for the artist, make a better, a better deal and, and try to just blow this thing up right now. Artist empowerment, right? Like we're not taking license. We're going to NFT uh, this podcast episode and, <laughs> and, and we'll, we'll work out the details offline. Okay, cool. No problem. <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> Should we let Jared in on the edge quick hitters? Come on, let's go. I don't know what that is, but Me I didn't. neither. I... Explain, explain the edge quick hitters, Jeff, and we'll get into it. Look, just a, a fun and quick way to get to know you a little better. There's 10 questions kind of in the spirit of James Lipton and inside the actor's studio. We're looking for okay. one word or just a few word answers and 10, that's it. You guys want to jump in? And just take your turns, yeah. you know, whoever's got the first answer, we'll pick on you. All right, right on. So, uh, Scott, we can start with you. Okay. What's the first thing you ever purchased? God, what was the first thing I ever purchased? I can't even remember that, actually. I'm, I'm too old, brother. I don't remember what I first purchased. <laughs> Probably the first thing that I remember really purchasing was my bicycle. <laughs> All right. Jared, how about you? Good. I, I remember it was uh, the Beach Boys cassette single of Kokomo. Rock and roll. Nice. Uh, Scott, what is the first thing you ever sold? First thing I ever sold. God, dude, you can go back, man. This is a long ways. This isn't like 10 years ago, right? You're asking me to go back because that's a long <laughs> way back. The first thing that I stole. Oh, I don't remember any. You remember, I'm a rock and roller. I don't remember anything anymore. <laughs> dude, the past. See, I'm one of those guys that every time I move, the past is gone. I don't remember yeah. all that stuff. But I, He sold his thing. mind to rock and roll. That's what I, I sold my mind to rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ask him that question. All right. <laughs> Jared, how about you? Uh, the first thing I remember, like voluntarily, like trying to sell, I used to uh, write like strategies for Mike Tyson's punch out and I'd sell them on the on the bus. Uh, Actually, I will go back. I can remember one thing. I used to go deliver, go, go sell newspaper subscriptions. And so when we did that, we used to get a buck every time we would get one. And we'd go out like about 10 kids because they go, we knock on doors. So that was the first thing I sold was newspaper subscriptions. <laughs> An entrepreneur, born, born entrepreneur. Yeah, I got a buck for every one of those. <laughs> this is the the seventy thirty split goes all the way back then. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> but it was more like ninety nine point one percent split. That a buck for a, you know. Funny. Right on. Next up, a little easier. What's the most recent thing you purchased, Scott? Uh me uh, a glyph hard drive. Oh yeah, to do that editing, right? Yeah. How about you, Jared? I just bought some beef jerky my flight here this morning so right. nice go-to what is the most recent thing you sold the most recent thing that i sold him on my company so that we would become partners <laughs> him on mine so we'd be partners with me <laughs> you guys rehearsed that okay no. uh, <laughs> scott what is your most prized possession Ooh, my most prized possession is my ability to Always look at the upside of down. Right on. How about you, Jared? Well, I, I just had a baby, so uh, my, my kids and my family. Yeah, that, that'd be it. Right on. Okay, Scott, if you could buy anything in the world that is currently for sale, what would it be? Wow. You know, it's so funny. I don't really care much about buying stuff. This is like the, all these questions are like, they don't really matter to me. I'm all about the ride. I'm a ride guy. All I care about is as long as I feel as good as I feel right now, every day I walk around, I don't need anything else. I would say 
a conscious research center. <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> That's what I would buy. Now, con- consciousness, con- like researching consciousness. Consciousness, yeah, consciousness. Oh, nice. Consciousness, you're research. conscious of the research. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, a, I'm, a, I'm, consciousness is my favorite subject on the planet. So that's what I would buy a research center that focused on that because I think that's the biggest problem we have on the planet. Too many people are asleep when they think they're woke. <laughs> that's legit. Okay. Yep. How about you, Jerry? I have a very specific goal and I've had it for a long time. I want to uh, buy an island. So I'm sure you've seen Braveheart. I want to be able to say it's my island. That's kind of it. That's that's, (laughs) that's my end goal. (laughs) Dude, let's talk about this. There's an island in Argentina for sale that, uh, that, uh, that let's go in on it, man. (laughs) In four weeks after we sell all these NFTs, we'll be ready in about four or five weeks after we sell all these NFTs. Very soon. All right, Scott, if you could pass on one personality trait of yours to the next generation, what would it be? I try to be very personable and kindness, I guess, would be the thing. I try to really follow that like heavily. Like that's one of the most important things to me is, is kindness. So and I think I, I do a pretty good job at that. I try. I, I work at it to make sure that I stay focused enough to understand what that means. So that's what I would say. How about you, Jared? I mean, I grew up on a farm. And so anyone who grew up on a farm knows the insane amount of work. And, and so I would just say, like, the one thing my grandpa was drilled in my head is that even if it's an inch at a time, if you're moving, it's that perseverance. And so I think chasing after shit, man, and not not quitting, you know, even if it's an inch at a time. That's great. So if you could eliminate one personality trait of yours from the next generation, what would it be? Probably for me, my personality of being ADD because I'm all over the place. So I think it's just that a little bit scattered at times, you know. I'm, I'm, but if you didn't have that personality trait, a lot of the things that you've created might not be possible, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no question. I think that's it's actually worked in my advantage in a certain sense. Now the genius is in the mania for sure. We're both yeah. we're both insane. <laughs> yeah, we're both insane. <laughs> starting to see some glimpses. Jared, <laughs> Jared, how about you, bud? Uh, I think if I could get rid of one thing right now, it's just kind of kind of the vanity of the world. You know, if I get rid of the, the selfiness of, of what everything's doing, I could turn the camera back around to other things. I think it would fix a lot of bullshit. So. Got it. Scott, what did you do just before joining us on the podcast? I was upsampling all my Pink Floyd videos. So I was working on that up at King at the old 4K, getting all our assets together. I got in the car, drove over here. We did four business calls, <laughs> jumped on this. We're getting ready to jump on the next stuff coming up. So that's what I did. So not much. Got it. Jared, how about you, bud? I did the same thing. I just flew from Washington. I got off the plane and we did all that stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> amazing stuff, guys. Okay. Finally, Scott, what are you going to well, do next after the podcast? What am I going to do next after the podcast? Do our next call and just kind of keep arranging everything because we've got a full production week this week because we've got everybody lined up. we got crews coming in and people, hot rooms waiting for stuff to be making. This is all we do right now. We're we're the NFT. Uh, we're, we're hooked. We're ha- we have to be a factory. NFT yep. rock and roll factory. That's Sounds it. like it. Jared, let me guess. You guys are riding uh, side by side on this thing for the next step? Oh, yeah. Next step man, is just another inch, right? I mean, just yeah. marching towards the end. So awesome. Well, appreciate it, guys. That's our 10. Do you want to do some hot topics? Yeah, we should jump into some. You guys got a few to uh to talk latest and greatest in crypto and NFTs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys heard like on the collectibles front, Tops is going public, right? The baseball card trading company. 
trying to tap into NFTs. I think they're actually going public via a SPAC also to, oh, to also connect with some recent news. Any thoughts on, on that space? Well, I think it's super exciting because now Tops will have to be honest about how much they actually produced, you know, because as being an old uh, sports card collector, you know, I think we all witnessed that crash once the internet came out. Like, oh, there's millions of these. Yeah, dude, I thought I'm, I was like surprised that they weren't leading the way. Right. Like right. you figure there's this opportunity there. It kind of reminds me of Blockbuster kind of coming in. Yeah. You know, behind the wave. Right. With Netflix and everything. <laughs> Which I'm surprised that Blockbuster is not coming back. Like that's this is a huge window for them, for real. This could be a whole thing. GameStop. It could happen. You never know. You know what's interesting about that story, Jeff, is is Kurt Forget, who was on our show, the last show, is actually an advisor to Top. So I think they're in good hands now, and they'll be able to sort of do their thing. So Kurt's the CTO at NFT Genius, and they're doing a ton of leading edge stuff. And they're like you guys. They're all about telling an amazing story. So I have a feeling that Topps is in good hands now. Yeah, except they're not going to have the fuck you cards. <laughs> the Leland Scalar specials. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> jumping neck deep into the uh, trading card arena. Like big time trading yeah. card. Yes. Big there, there's so many stuff. different different ways to do it. And I, I think when, when you see what we're doing, it's going to be a whole different experience. And do we know how that SPAC, that, that SPAC worked? Like people were just kind of raising... Put, put, put together the company and they were looking for opportunities it just happened to be that they picked tops to be part of that SPAC. Is that, is that kind of how that works? I think that tops was looking to go public and then trying to find a company to merge with. So Got I it. think it was, it was that approach. And mm -hmm. it's a, been the, the new hot way to go public here over the last year. That, that's what I read too. It was just, that, that's exactly what I think is going on too. Agree. Right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Get in quick while the, get, while the getting is good. So we also have kind of this week's NFTs ranked. The Verge has a, a little list that they put together. Mm -hmm. There's some interesting ones in here. One of the one of the the cool things is you, you have a lot of the auction houses, right, coming in, and whether it's uh, Sotheby's or yep. some of these others, right, like they're stepping up and auctioning some of these things off. Some of the huge ones, you know, but also some of the lower but still high value ones, right? It's not all $69 million, basically. What do you guys think about that? Like that, that's a, I mean, talk about auction, like old school, like you kind of think of those things as entrenched in the old ways of doing things, but they've seemed to have just adapted super quickly. Well, there's really not much to adapt if you think about it. It's just, it's, I mean, it's story. And for them, it's easy. The guy just walks in with a, a zip drive <laughs> with his, his thing, says, here's my, here's my $69 million piece of art, right? It's actually simple. Yeah, you know, right. it makes a lot of sense because, again, they, they bring trust to the game, right? They bring history and trust to the whole thing. And I think that makes a lot of people feel good. So bringing their brand on it means that it's a quality thing that you're basically going to be auctioning off. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a logical step. There's no point. They're going to have to. It just makes sense, right? I mean, because you can take anything and make the digital copy of a physical thing. And that other thing is in the digital world, the same physical. So anything that's going to be, that's got value that you're going to do that at, it's going to be very interesting. I think there's real opportunities. I think it's also super impressive or, or I guess easy because just of the authentication of it, right? It's like you can put all of your copyright materials, you can put the certificate in this in the blockchain in a PDF with a QR code, and you can just sell that for the physical item instead of someone like 
breaking into your house in the safe and pulling the papers. That's right. This is a whole new level of security for any kind of physical asset on earth. So for auction houses, because I used to do a lot of stuff with Julian's um, back in the day. And like we ran some just crazy high dollar auctions. And the same question is always like, well, how do we protect this? Like safety deposit boxes, you know, it's the same kind of like physical, just where are you burying your treasure kind of stuff, right? And this is a whole different model. Now it's in the blockchain, it's immutable, no one can steal your stuff, it's locked with smart contracts. It's just a way to lock down any kind of physical transaction. And I have to say, like we keep going back to this every time. There's the story, community, relationships, you know, core tenants of really great marketing and awareness raising. The technology is like over here. And the marketing side of things, the community building side of things is, is on the other side. And that seems to be the difference maker with so many of the projects that have been successful. That's the crux of the whole thing, man. Like we're bringing the world away into like a new novel way, right? This is a whole new way for us to co-mingle and exist and sharing these things together. And like you can have like NFTs where like multiple people are parts of it, or partitions or something experienced together. Like there's all these kind of permutations that we haven't even got into yet. So basically Phillips, who's Christie's sort of smaller brother in the auction business, they've got this replicator, which is a digital replicator. And over time, it, it's a piece of art. And then over the time, is it'll produce additional NFTs over time, all which will be owned by the buyer of the initial work. And those NFTs will in turn produce more NFTs. And some NFTs can jam stopping further replication, but producing unique jam artwork. So, I mean, it doesn't get any crazier than that, right? Yeah, I mean, the RNG engine stuff is stuff that we're messing around with too. And like, it's super exciting because basically it's just raw materials, right? If you have like a raw material or something and you own that raw material, you can add this RNG component to it that just completely creates these new manipulated properties that are new novel NFTs. And like the permutations yeah. are infinite from any raw material, right? It's, it's just, it's limited by your creativity. Yeah, Scott, you could be jamming in the shower and then uh, record that and send it out to the first 10 people that buy your NFT and they get a special <laughs> Scott sing in the shower song, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the beauty of this, right? I mean, that's the other side. Like people are, are selling all of their backwards stuff, but I think the real future of NFTs is the forward model, right? It's like Scott can go tomorrow and play a sax, a five note lick. Like that lift can be an NFT. Like it's just never ending things. Like we were, we've been chopping up uh, like some of the weird stuff. We were chopping up music. Like I, I produce a lot, right? So like sample banks, the splice and all these other things, rather than just selling it to them or NFT and then we license it to them, right? And you can do that with these like monster players instead of just like giving people your property. It's just, there's so many different things that you can do. I do have to say at the very top of that verge list to go back to that for a second uh, this week, which does relate to the conversation was the fire festival uh, sandwich. That's our thing, man. Like, Dude, that's, we that's talk about that I, all the time. I mean, when I built cosmic wire, cause we have a massive, we started scooping up influencers, right? Like our Instagram cannon, now is like 260 million or 258 million in story, like impact right away. And then we did this with like SoundCloud and all these blogs and brought them into our network because fire festival did it right. Right. I mean, they blew that thing up. We're just, we're doing the same thing without the baloney and bullshit. And that's kind of like our slogan. It's like, we're going to do this side real too. Not just, you not know, just one side. <laughs> they failed on the delivery. The, the getting it out there was pretty monstrous, right? Yeah. That was the sad part about that movie. You, you know, there's a part of where you had empathy for that guy. Could you just make the dream come true? You could have done it, man. It was so close, right? Like you so just stopped conning for five seconds and realized you have something really palpable and tangible. Yeah. Here. 
you know, but that's the entertainment industry. So we all know and love. Well, that NFT, they're trying to get 80 grand for a photo of that dinner. So we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we will see. I also heard and I read that, and I don't know if this is how a jaw rules like launching fire festival too. Have you guys been reading this? I have not heard that. You should get it's, it's it's kind of starting to permeate the internet. We should check okay. it. He's he is doing it. It's kind of funny. Breaking news. Get after it. Breaking news. I'll take the virtual version of that. I'm not going to some island with with a concert named after the first one. Wait, you don't want a shitty virtual dinner? <laughs> I feel bad for like Firefly Festival because I feel like they get kind of drawn into it a little bit actually as well. It's all good. Well, I think that those are about all the, the key hot topics that we had, guys. I don't know. Is there anything else uh, on your radar you wanted to chat on? You had the crypto. I was curious. I didn't I didn't look into it. You had the NFTs arrive in the watch world and uh, CryptoPunk NFTs going up on Christie's. Definitely interesting stuff. I think they're know. literally, you know, again, you can NFT anything. This is part of what we're talking about. This is why it's like drinking from a fire hose the whole time. But they're literally making functioning watches yeah. into an NFT, essentially a, 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 digi- a digitalization of it. And it's ticking and moving and everything and starting to sell them. I mean, I think the ultimate end game here is that everything will become tokenized, right? Everything will be a transaction in some way. It's like the world becomes a home shopping network, basically. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Is what it would like to be. I'd like to, I'd like to ask you, and we're done with hot topics here. I want to ask Scott, unless somebody else has something to say, but Scott, I, I know you have this kind of meat suit theory of existence. And I'm curious yeah. if this plays into your passion around like the digital virtual economy at all. Uh, uh, do you have anything to say on that? It comes down to the, for me, it's just, everything's just energy, right? If you look at the quantum level, everything's just energy. I truly believe man is designing itself out now machine is starting to take over. Look at me, Walker. It may not be plugged into us, but we carry it everywhere with us. People are just getting inundated. I think the AI is taking over. It's going to be much smarter. I think the humans are going to not be around for a whole lot longer. And I don't know if that matters because I think consciousness is just unfolding into something else, right? It's everything you look at is consciousness. This table is basically energy, right? So when you think about the meat suit, it's it. this is all this is, right? Because this is not who you are. Right. This is just a vessel for what's really going on. And that's the whole goal of life. Right. To try to figure out who are who am I? What am I? What is this? And that's been my journey the whole time is to kind of figure out what that is. And I'm totally convinced it's a damn meat suit. And I'm part of the consciousness is one. I'm a I'm a non-dualist. I'm totally there's no me here and God up there. They don't work that way. He's God. I'm God. You're God. We're all God. It's all part of the, the scenario. Right. We're just part of the whole the, the mash. So, yeah, I mean this whole thing that's why i keep thinking in my mind it's like humans are now we're taking and archiving nfts archive everything of value into a space where it's created value it just doesn't get thrown away in the garage sale or lost in the shuffle so everything's gone we're almost taking the physical world and bringing it into the this world because again a great designer that's got 200 collected art pieces and beautiful 14th century furniture and somebody with you know a lot of great history as designers they're going to people are going to want to be able to emulate their you know their lifestyle that lifestyle and those objects into their house oh i got like i said sue wong's a friend and i'm talking to her about this she's you know incredible designer and she's you know, got hundreds and hundreds of things would be interesting. I imagine people are going to want to be able to add that into their collection. So you, I just see this, everything is going to get tokenized and moved into the physical space. 
because that's where people are going to be living as long as people are here. And what are the, like I said, what are the machines going to look at when they're going to go back and say, hey, look at all these humans did. Look at this shit they're archived. We're archiving all that stuff those humans did. Right? It's amazing. <laughs> nostalgic robots. Yeah, that's right. So guys, people are going to be really curious and want to do some more research gathering after they hear the show. Where can they go to learn more about these projects? How can they stay in touch with you guys? What's your social media platform of choice? Well, for me, just everything is I am Scott Page. I am Scott Page. And that's the thing. And if you look up, if you just want to search on any stuff for me, just go to Think for the company and the band Think X, which is my band. You can just Google Think EXP and you'll see all of our dome shows and the people that play with us and all that kind of stuff. And then we're actually in the middle of building stuff right now. So as far as sites, I don't know which ones you're thinking about. Do you want to get? Yeah, I mean, basically, you can find me just Blazar, like the galactic nucleus that I am, or Jared Fink is my real name. And then the company's called Cosmic Wire. And, and Jared Fink Blazar, you can find on all the social networks and constantly talking to everyone, never ending yeah. social addict. So, yeah. and we will we'll be having, there's going to be a lot of press, a lot of stuff coming out really soon. So you'll, uh, hopefully you're going to hear about it. Awesome. Hopefully <laughs> you're going to hear about it. I mean, it's going to be a cannon like we've never seen before. <laughs> no doubts about that. You want to talk us out of the end uh, outro there, Jeff? Yeah. So we have indeed, we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit those cool strangers that you can be sure will make this all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right this minute, rate us and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Guys, thanks so much for your time. It was amazing having you on. Thank you very much. It was fun.